investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 58 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Um, so we're really starting to move through the winter months now and, and actually starting to see spring on the horizon, which is quite nice. Now for many people, spring is very much the time to sell and a lot of people will probably be starting to put their plans in place if they haven't already for that um, that time frame. And it doesn't matter whether it's a home or investment or a holiday home, it, it quite often is a good time to sell. And there's obviously a lot of things that a vendor needs to think about in preparation for selling their home. Um, what do they need to do to the property in order to present it properly? So any works, that sort of thing that might be outstanding. Uh, which agent should they select? Who's who's going to uh, get them the best result? Uh, when should they sell? Should it be the start of spring, more towards the end? Uh, should I move out and have the property styled? Um, and how? what's the best way to market the property as well? So there's a lot of things to consider. But one of the most important aspects um, of any sale campaign is what method of sale should I use? Now, typically there's four common methods. There's variations of each of these, but um, these are the ones that we'll start discuss today. The first one being private sale or private treaty. The second one being a form of private sale um, off-market sales, so not those that are not advertised. Um, third being an expression of interest, which again is a form of private sale, but tries to create a, an end date as well. And then obviously the fourth and final is an auction. Now there are obviously positives and negatives for each of these methods. And it's very important um, as a vendor to understand which method best suits your property because it's very much not a one size fits all strategy. So you really need to understand your property, um, the prospective buyers of your property, where the market's likely to lead, um, and therefore help to help in order to decide which method of sale is going to achieve the best result for you. So I thought today we'll have a look through the pros and cons of each method of sale um, and then some considerations that you should take into account um, to hopefully make the right decision for your property if you are looking to sell. So let's start off with just the straight private sale um, method, which is it's the most common way of selling real estate in the country. Um, and it's probably the method that most people are familiar with. And there's a degree of comfort, comfort from most buyers and sellers in the form of a, pro a private sale because they are fairly familiar with it. The benefit also is that it, it does offer flexibility from a buyer's perspective, so it can create more interest in that regard um, around settlement terms, uh, and then obviously any conditions that you that you might be able to allow as a vendor to a buyer. So it enables a buyer to put an offer forward, perhaps that might be conditional, so subject to finance, um, perhaps um, subject to a building inspection, or even in some circumstances, depending upon uh, the demand levels, uh, the successful sale of another property. So those conditions, although they may be onerous in certain sectors of the market, they can mean in, in other sectors that it, it creates more competition and more interest in your property by having the flexibility to allow um, those terms from a, uh, for a buyer to put an offer forward. Um, and it doesn't require, as a private sale, multiple parties to um, to generate a successful result, as say an auction may. You can't. It's difficult to get a, a runaway successful result with an auction unless you've got at least two or more parties. Whereas with a private sale, if you've got a good agent that knows what they're doing, they can negotiate a successful result with only one party. And the other benefit is that it gives clear price expectations to the whole market. Um, you you typically have either a range or a fixed figure amount, um, but it does give a clear indication um, for all parties. 
So what are the negatives around a private sale? Well, it, it can set a bit of a ceiling on the eventual sale price in that by having that target price or that price range, it's not impossible and it does absolutely happen, but quite often it does set a bit of a ceiling on what the price um, may what price may be achieved for the property. It doesn't always put a lot of pressure on buyers either to make a decision because there's not an end date like you might get with an expression of interest or with an auction where there's a conclusion date that, that everyone is working towards. The private sale doesn't necessarily have that. And so sometimes things can just snowball along and it can be difficult to put pressure back on a, a buyer to uh, actually commit to a property. Um, it can lack transparency. Now, that can be a good thing from a vendor's perspective because it doesn't necessarily show um, what's going on with other prospective buyers, but it can sometimes also mean that some buyers are less likely to um, put as higher offer as they may well be prepared to in a more transparent process. So with an auction, emotions can get the better of people, but it also, seeing other people bidding can also give um, buyers confidence and they might bid a little bit further than what they may when they feel as though they may be the only person negotiating in a, um, in a private sale. And if they feel that, then they may hold a little bit back. So that's the negativity around the, um, the private sale process. But you tend to find with private sales, the most common um, uh, property that it's used for is when um, there's more supply of property than there is demand. Um, so if there's supplies outstripping demand, then typically that's a private sale is going to be your, your best method of sale. Um, all right, so let's have a look at the, um, the, second, um, the second method, which is our off-market. So the, um, the pros for an off-market is that it offers privacy. And for a lot of people, um, it, that, that can be very important in selling a property. It may be that there's been a breakdown in a marriage and therefore they don't, and people don't necessarily want the publicity that may come with it. There may be a death in the family. And, and again, there's, there's, it, there might be uh, family issues there that need to be protected. Um, or it may just be that someone has a, a public profile and, and don't necessarily want the publicity that would come with selling a home. So there's a number of reasons why privacy can be very important for um, for any vendor, and, and that can form part of their decision-making process. Obviously, off-market can be less expensive in terms of costs associated with selling. Uh, you don't have any advertising fees. Most likely, you won't have the styling fees, and, and quite often, you won't have the uh, the trade expenses that, that come with presenting a property to the marketplace. Um, and it also does offer a, a more flexibility on price. You're not locked in as much. There's certain requirements if you're advertising a property for sale that you need to comply with. And there can be a bit more flexibility around price in an off-market scenario. The other thing is that agents typically will only be speaking with genuine buyers. They'll, they'll know off their database buyers that are absolutely committed and they'll know what those buyers are looking for. So you don't tend to get as many tire kickers with an off-market process as you might with a, um, an on-market advertised property. Uh, from a negative perspective, obviously the main negative and the reason why you need to be very hesitant around selling off market is that it is limited exposure. Um, as a vendor, vendor, you're heavily reliant on the agent that you're using's database and who they've got. And so they may well have a, a very extensive database in the area in which you're selling, but they're not going to know everyone and they're certainly not going to know um, perhaps passive buyers who aren't actively looking on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and they certainly probably won't know any of the new buyers that are coming into the market on a daily basis. So it is a very risky process in that you're not getting the full exposure to the market um, that an advertised campaign would, would gather. 
Um, and it is it can be difficult to create competition to in an off-market sense. I mean, it's certainly can be done, but it's harder to do so when it's not being publicly advertised and creating more competition. All right, the third method of sale that we mentioned earlier is the expression of interest. Now, again, it's a form of private sale as well, um, but it's typically used when a property is likely to have greater differences of value. And it was quite popular um, a number of years ago when there wasn't the same level of restrictions, or not, I shouldn't say restrictions, but requirements um, around advertised price. Um, and so agents didn't, if they didn't have to advertise a price, they could be a lot vaguer and an expression of interest allowed that. And it also meant, particularly with a property where someone might think it's worth a million dollars, but to another buyer, because it is a, um, a unique type asset, it might be worth 1.3 or 1.4. Um, and an expression of interest in the past has allowed that, um, that difference in price and allowed an agent to have that flexibility um, and to try and push more towards the obviously to the upper end. Um, it's harder to do that now with the statement of information in Victoria that's required. Uh, and you obviously have to have a, have a figure um, or a single figure or the range and the range can't be any greater than 10%. So it's made that that a bit more difficult, but it still can work quite well from a private sale perspective with one of the other pros being that it does set an end date, which is, as we said earlier, can be a bit of a negative with the standard private sale process because it allows um, an agent to stipulate, well, we, all offers need to be in by this date, this time, which can create um, a bit of fear of missing out for prospective buyers. If they're not ready and not organised by that time, then they, then they may well miss out on the property. So it works quite well in that regard. The negatives, many buyers aren't familiar with it and they, um, they have great concerns around it and they don't, they don't understand how it works. Um, and so that can... The, the fear of um, not understanding can mean that they can be quite reserved and held back. And if they don't feel confident, confident and comfortable with the process, then they're less likely to commit wholeheartedly in terms of the figure that they may put forward. So that can be a bit of an, um, an issue with it as well. And there's so many different ways, and this is the same to be fair with a private sale, but there are a lot of different ways in different agents conduct expressions of interest. And that can confuse prospective buyers as well, which again, makes them hold back. So there's there's issues there that need to be considered um, if you are going down the expression of interest path. It typically works better in the, the upper end areas of the market. It did become a bit more com uh, common in Victoria during the pandemic because um, some people weren't comfortable with online auctions. And so an expression of interest gave a bit more flexibility in that regard too. Um, but it's probably come back to being more of a prestige market type space um, in this day and age. Now, the final method of sale, as I mentioned earlier, is the auction process. Um, now, there's a number of pros to this. It's very transparent. Um, from a buyer's perspective, you can see everything out in front of you. You can see how much your competitors are bidding, how often they're bidding, um, and when they're going to stop, and you know who you're bidding against. And so it's, it is very transparent. And that, from a vendor's perspective, means that buyers have a lot more confidence in that regard. Um, and they're more likely to push further, emotions kick in, the fear of missing out kicks in, all those sorts of things um, work in your favour. And another term that's becoming more common in the auction vernacular of recent times is the social affirmation that, um, that the auction process does uh, offer. Other buyers, seeing other buyers interact and engage means that they, they're more likely to do the same thing. Um, but it does, as I said earlier with the private sale, the auction's the reverse. 
it does work best in a market where demand outstrips supply. If there's more properties available than there are buyers, then the auction process um, is going to be quite tough. But if there's more demand than, uh, for, for a certain type of property than there is property available, then the auction process is typically your, your best method of sale. Negatives around the uh, the auction process is that not all buyers do feel comfortable um, bidding. They they can feel quite overwhelmed. It can be quite confronting standing up in front of others and, and putting your hand up and, and spending that amount of money. So people do get a little bit concerned about that. Um, the other issue is that not all buyers have the ability to bid unconditionally, which is what's required at an auction. So many buyers need to be able to put forward as part of their finance um, an offer subject to finance, um, and the auction process doesn't allow you to do that. So it can mean that you rule prospective buyers out. So if that's a sector of the market, um, particularly say around the first home buyer market, if that's um, potentially one of the buyers that may be considering your property, uh, and you feel as though they may need subject to finance, well then that that may well be that mean that an auction may not be ideal for you. So it's just a consideration. It's not to say that you shouldn't, but it's something that that should be taken into account. Um, and then the, transpar the transparency um, can also be a negative in some circumstances. If you don't get the level of interest that you are hoping for, um, then that transparency can work out to be a negative because if you've only got one buyer there and that buyer sees that they're the only person there bidding on the property, um, then that can work against you because they feel as though they're in a stronger position to negotiate. So again, that then comes back to do, are we likely to have more demand than there are this type of property available and therefore create competition to get a, an ideal result for you. So what should you do as a vendor if you are considering selling um, coming into the spring market? Well, the starting point is to, to probably have a look at similar properties in the surrounding suburb. And that's not just to see what method of sale they used, but more specifically, what methods of sale have led to really successful results. Um, and if, if you can you can gather that, well, then that's going to put you, head, point you in the right direction. But it's really important to understand, as I said earlier, your property and the buyer profile for your property because that will impact on um, how you select the method of sale because it may impact on the comfortable nature of these buyers to um, participate in that method, method of sale or whether or not they've got conditions that they may need to consider as well. So all of that needs to come into play when making that decision as well. Um, is there likely to be good depth of demand for this type of property? Um, what are buyers likely to accept? As I said before, are they likely to accept an auction or are they more comfortable with a private sale? Uh, and how are you going to be able to create or is your agent going to be able to create the most competition on your behalf to really engage with as many people as possible? It's important to take an agent's recommenda recommendation, understand why. Um, so see what they've got to say and what recommendation they have for a method of sale, but get them to explain to you why they think that's the best method. Um, because some agents have got their um, their favourites and what they prefer and, and it tends to be what they're familiar with and what they do most times. And so that's it's almost like, well, this is what we always do, so this is what we should do for your with your property. But as I said before, it's not a one-size-fits-all process, so you do need to make sure that just because that process works for them in 99 out of 100 um, instances of other campaigns they've conducted, is it going to be best for your property? And that's really important. Okay, so for, for today's case study, look, we've got endless supplies of stories around these, um, given the amount of vendor advisory work we are doing in this, this day and age. But I had a pretty good one recently, actually, where um, the vendor was looking to sell their home, 
Um, and it was an area where there was a variety of methods of sale. It wasn't really locked on one. Private sale was probably most common um, and the one that, that most agents used in the area. And so we sat down, the vendor and I, and, and went through and, and had a good chat about our different options. And we were leaning towards private sale, but we decided that we would, um, as part of the process, get three different agents through and get their recommendations as well, so that then we could take it away and make a decision ourselves. Um, so the first two suggested that we should go with the private sale method, which, as we said, was a, was the most common in this in this suburb. Um, and that's what they thought would be the best way. The third suggested an auction. Um, and this agent was really bullish on the on the auction method because of the location of this property within the suburb. They were very confident in this particular pocket, um, were, as I said, very bullish on the fact that it was a very tightly held pocket of this suburb and that the demand in this suburb was very, very strong, for this pocket was very strong. So they felt as though the auction method would be the best way to go because they hadn't, it hadn't been tested in a long time and they felt that they, with the interest that they have from prospective buyers in that area, that they, they would get good competition um, at an auction. So we, um, we decided to go with that agent. They were really confident and, and we presented the property immaculately, put in a lot of work to get it um, really attractively done and went with the auction process. And, and throughout the campaign, um, we had really good numbers. They weren't over the top, but they were good, really good quality. And um, the agent was very happy with how the numbers that had been coming through. Uh, and then come auction day, we ended up having four people bid on the property, which was fantastic. And then the end reserve, uh, the end sale price was about uh, six or seven percent above the vendor's reserve price. So the vendor was extremely happy with the end result, um, as was I. And, and the agent um, had done the right thing, and, and their recommendations had been very sound. So we we're really happy with um, how that all came together. So it goes to show that just because the most common method in that area was private sale doesn't mean it's the right one for all properties in that area. Um, so that brings me to the end of, uh, of today's episode. So thanks for joining me for episode 58 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, share the podcast far and wide, please, as, uh, with as many friends, family, colleagues as we can. Um, and if you'd like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au. And as always, we wish you the best with your property decisions.